Welcome back to God Loves Kids TV. In this, our 18th part in this ongoing series, A Perfect Father, Pastor Phil covers loving like God. We hope you've been enjoying this series and encourage you to contact God Loves Kids with any questions you have about this ministry. And now, here's Pastor Phil. That's the fundamental difference between us and the unsaved. It's that we are surrounded by the presence of God at all times. His presence is ever-present in our lives. It's not just prevenient. It's not just him poking into our life, trying to make us aware of his existence and, and ready for... We have become sons and daughters of the living God, and that's so crucial to understand. So we have this blessing that comes into our life where we are known, we're unconditionally accepted, and we've come to the, the third point, we are unconditionally loved. And when you, when you understand that God's love is far more than unconditional. Unconditional is the starting place. It's the foundation place. You know, when much of Psalms is taken up in David trying to describe God. And, and where he falls short and where he seems to struggle is when he's trying to describe God's love. Uh, Psalms 36, 5 through 10 is a great example of this where he is describing God's love. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains, your justice like the great deep. O Lord, you preserve both man and beast. How priceless is your unfailing love. Both high and low among men find refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Continue your love to those who know you, your righteousness to the upright in heart. So you can see from the scripture you just heard, and, and you're, you were able to read it, that, that David is, is doing his very best in this flowery language to extol the, and capture the wonders of God's love. And yet we all know that even this passage falls short, that God's love is so much more and so much greater. And at some point I wanna come back and I wanna talk about the personality of God and the aspects of God's love in our lives, but I need to get through this, this material in as linear fashion as possible before we circle back around. But it down in circles. But when we come out of where David is and we come into where Jesus is, now remember that Jesus, obviously son of God, he encamped among us in a tent made of flesh and blood. He was God, fully God, fully man. Okay, you wanna debate that, you're wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong, you're wrong. You're wrong. He was fully God, fully man. Accept it, get on with your life, have faith in it, or leave. There, there's no option, okay? If you don't want to believe that Jesus was fully God and fully man, then you are a son. 
You can't be a son because the only way to become a son is to go through him. He paid the price for your sonship. So if you don't believe he was fully God, fully man, that's one of those big black dots that is undebatable. We are not going to debate it. Don't write me a letter. Don't send me any emails. I'm not going to answer them. Anyhow, you know that by now. I'll answer legitimate questions, but I do not argue with people on the internet. I do not argue with people in emails. It's a waste of my time, and it's, so it's a waste of your time to try to engage me. If you're a troll, eh, the other side, he see. Ask me the questions, Bridgekeeper. I am not afraid. What is your name? My name is Sir Lancelot of Camelot. What is your quest? To seek the Holy Grail. What is your favorite color? Blue. Right. Off you go. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Just go on down the road. Go hide under a bridge somewhere. Do your internet thing someplace else because I'm not going to buy into it. You can, you can complain. Go on Amazon and research me on Amazon and see how many really bad reviews I have and how much joy I get from those bad reviews because I know that, my, you know, so I know that what I'm doing is effective and, uh, and it's had a positive impact in people's lives, but it's also confronted culture. And when you confront culture, people get pissed. I mean, they get angry. You know, and, uh, and excuse the vernacular, but that's, the, that's where they are. You go read those reviews, you're going to hear more vernacular than that by far so when we're looking at this Jesus comes and he says in John 13 34 and 35 a new commandment I give to you that you love one another now if Jesus had stopped right there this is a new commandment and I want you to love one another that would have been fairly easy why because we would have been able to define love We would we could say you know this is love or that is love what whatever we wanted to define it as but he didn't stop there he said a new commandment i give to you that you love one another as i have loved you oh my gosh now we've got something really difficult now i'm a representative of god on the earth i am i am one of many sons. This is the firstborn commanding me to act like him. I have a, so I have an obligation to act like him. Uh, I have an obligation to represent him on the earth. I don't earn my salvation by representing God. I don't earn my salvation by acting like Jesus. What I do is I earn, uh, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I earn the blessings of God did you hear me? The blessings of God through the obedience, through representing, through fulfilling my obligations as a part of the family. I earn familiar blessings because of that. I fulfill, uh, I fulfill covenants because of it. You know, God cuts a covenant with us and there's obligations to those covenants. And so by doing that, I'm not earning my salvation. I'm not under the curse of the law. I'm simply uh, reflecting God on the earth. And what he's saying here is you got to reflect me. 
Okay? Uh, you know, you're going to love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And here's the kicker. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You notice he didn't say, by the big honking billboard you're paying $4,000 a month for on 635. People will know you're my disciples. You know, people know you're my disciples by the millions of dollars you spend on airtime. We've seen midgets grow worldwide. Hey, you know, Christian TV is good. It can be bad. I don't make this stuff up. Uh, uh, some, some people in it are, are really good. A lot of my friends were in it for years. Um, uh, you know, I was there when a lot of it started as a kid. I rode uh, skateboards through the original TBN studios. Um, Paul Crouch Jr., Matt Crouch, uh, were, were, we were kids together, okay? Uh, I, I was in their home multiple occasions before that TV station was ever started. My dad helped uh, with starting the TV station. Uh, and it was one station when it started. So I, I've been around. Uh, there are good and bad things that can come out of Christian television, just as there are good and bad things that come out of church. And, but God, Jesus is saying right here, you want, you want to do what is most effective at informing the world at who you are? Love one another. Come on, people now. Smile on your brother. So, in the context of the local church, we love one another and our love for one another, our community, our fellowship, our ability to, to, um, to help meet one another's needs, our ability to bless each other. Okay, so, so we're in community. God has called us to reflect him. And he has blessed us, therefore we must bless one another. I need to know the people I'm in community with. I need to unconditionally accept them. I need to unconditionally love them. I need to work toward meeting their needs. And we, we miss so much as the body of Christ because we haven't done this on many occasions. You know, Mahatma Gandhi... It is time you left. In his early stages of his life, spent months studying the Bible. And at the end of these months of studying the Bible, he determined that he was going to go to church and he was going to give his life to God. But he made the mistake of going to a, a church that had not broken free of the caste system. Now, one of the reasons he was attracted to Christianity in the first place is that Christianity breaks the caste system. 45 years, we've taken kids off trash dumps who were born into beggar families. Many of them had their arms or legs cut off to make them better beggars. And they're crawling over those trash dumps with wire hangers, sticking those hangers down into these, into these trash piles that have already been picked through several times, hoping to get an orange peel, hoping to just find something organic to fill their, fill their stomach. And, and we pulled those kids off those trash piles and educated them, many of them with college educations. In fact, the lady who was over one of the programs that we helped sponsor was one of those kids on the trash pile that we paid for her education. 
And she, in her office, and she had 30 or 40 employees on, on this one office floor, took us to these pictures on her desk. And she said, these are my children. This is my daughter. She just graduated from college. This is my son. He's graduating from high school. They never needed a sponsor because of you. Now, let me tell you something. The Indian government does not like that right now. The new president has barred us from coming into India. Compassion International has pulled out. Uh, they have gone after all kinds of NGOs. And it's not just a religion-based thing, uh, although they're using that as an excuse. It's financial, folks. If I'm an upper caste member and I'm sitting in this place and I have a, a group of basically slave labor because if you're born into the family that cleans my house, you're probably going to clean my house all your life. And you're going to do it for about a third of what I would have to pay you otherwise. And so they have, they have worked very hard to alleviate Christians and not even just Christians, people with compassion out of there. They believe that if you fall down in the middle of the road and you're dying, that if they help you, a, a, a Hindu who practice Hinduism to its fullest extent will not help you because he messes with your karma. That's your karma. You have a thousand lives. You're going to get over this one and come back hopefully better or come back as a roach or a squirrel. Or if you come back as a cow, you're, you're doing pretty well because you're not going to get eaten over there. And so it is a demonic counterfeit, folks. And unfortunately, ladies, if you're if you're uh, involved in yoga, uh, I hate to tell you this, but every single yoga position is a prayer to a Hindu God. Every time you do downward dog, you're, you're doing a position that was designed to emulate a prayer to a Hindu God. Now you take it or leave it whether or not you should practice yoga, but I'm telling you that where it came from was not exercise. It was acts of physical worship and, and the idea was to blank out the mind, get the mind into neutral, so that it becomes demonic possession. That's where it came from. I didn't write the history, folks. I'm just telling you that the New Age movement is just Hinduism and Buddhism repackaged. Yoga is, you know, the first time I heard this statement was from Mark Buntain when I was 10 years old and he was standing up in a pulpit in Southern California in my father's church saying yoga are Hindu prayers. So I didn't make it up. You know, and, and you're, you say, well, you're just a fundamentalist. Well, maybe I fundamentally have it right. All right. So you make a choice. You ask God what he would have you to do. But I'm just telling you, wake up. You know, do Pilates or something. You'll be better off. So we have this idea that we're to love one another as Christ loved us. And as simple as it sounds, unconditional love is one of the most difficult commands to follow. And, and yet it, it's just the foundation. It's just the starting place of love. And yet we're supposed to love each other unconditionally, to love one another. Uh, you know, we, we would have a better success rate if that clause wasn't in there. Love one another as I have loved you. It, it, it really throws a, a huge monkey wrench in our humanity because that means that we have to make a sacrifice. See, the reason Jesus died on the cross in the first place, the reason he gave his life is that love is more than words. 
You can say I love you all day long. Honey, I'm, I'm going to talk to a little teenage girl right now. Honey, honey, look at, look at this. That little boy says he loves you. Uh, he's taken you to McDonald's a couple of times. You know, you've gone to the movies. Um, he's horny. Yeah, baby, yeah. Okay, he has raging hormones flowing through his body. He wants sex. sex. And even if he's in church, you know, and has a Bible, uh, uh, he still is a human being. And so the, the first question you need to ask yourself when you think you're in love with him is what is he willing to sacrifice to be with me? Because when you enter into the covenant relationship of marriage, you're saying, I'm going to forsake all others. That's a sacrifice. Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. You're saying that, that I'm going to protect this person. I'm going to love them till death do us part. I'm going to love them in sickness or in health. Now, that's a big one. Marriage, that blessed arrangement, that dream within a dream. You don't think about it when you're young, but sickness and health is a big deal. It's not easy to do. And so I'm going to have this level of love for this person and it's going to cost me something. I'm going to have to make a sacrifice. So you, you only know that someone loves you when they're willing to give up something that costs them something. What do you think of my solution? Spock. We shall be your friend. When, when we become parents, you know, our freedoms are taken away. When we get married, our freedoms are taken away. We lose, if you love something, you're willing to give up something. That's all there is to it. You're willing to give up. You're willing to make sacrifices. So God could have communicated to us his love or tried to with words. Um, he did. It's called the Bible. But words were not enough. He had to demonstrate his love for us because love requires action. You cannot love someone without acting on their behalf, without entering into it being a verb where there's an action. So, you know, one of, one of those things, that, you know, I, I, I've told this illustration before. Um, my first daughter, it was beautiful from the, from the moment I saw her. My second daughter was even more beautiful when she was born. She looked, the day she was born, she was about three weeks late. She looked like she should have been a, a Gerber uh, baby food bottle. I mean, instantly. Her baby pictures were gorgeous. And then my son Corbin was born 10 months later. Uh, we had Irish twins in the house. Uh, Corbin came out looking like an alien creature from the planet Xenon. Dallas? We've talked about this in the past. Uh, he was, to coin another phrase, ugly. 
we when they brought his pictures in for us to see them we said this is not our kid this is impossible that this kid is ours he was it was so bad folks it was really bad I cannot tell it, it it took him several weeks to for him not to look like uh, I, I can't tell you I mean it's almost undescribable he's a very handsome young man now thank God uh, uh, I'm so happy that he grew into his looks. Uh, he, he's handsome. He's talented. He has uh, he has uh, brains, and uh, and he's not ADD. There's some milk in the fridge that's about to go bad, and there it goes. Mm, I wish I had those miracle smart pills. Which is awesome. Uh, so, so th this kid has a lot of abilities. He was valedictorian of his class, uh, graduating from high school in a very tough college preparatory school. My son was valedictorian. So he caught up with himself, thank the Lord. But when he was born, if we had based our love for him on what we were seeing or, or what we felt at that moment in time, because uh, you know, he was a baby. Right? You understand? And, and there are a lot of women who go through this. That they're going through a postpartum period in their, in their lives after a baby's born. It's perfectly natural. And they don't feel these wonderful angelic feelings. You know, the carpenters did this stupid song. Uh, it came out in the 70s, and I, I forget the actual title of it. But it begins with the fact that, and she's singing about a guy, no less, that when this blonde-haired guy walks into her life, that birds come along with him and tweet, you know, his glory. And, and uh, it has to be one of the worst songs ever written. Uh, it, it is so sappy, so bad, it, it, on, on every level, and besides, if you really analyze the words, it sounds more like they're talking about an Alfred Hitchcock movie, you know, than, than a love song. Birds are not aggressive creatures, miss. They bring beauty into the world. It is mankind, rather, who insists upon making it difficult for life to exist upon this planet. I mean, birds just don't go around birds attacking people without no reason, you know what I mean? Every time you are near just like me, they long to be. Um, but but love is not that way. You know, even even uh, even physically, honey, you got you got about nine months of feeling passionate about someone at the honeymoon level. Uh, if you're lucky, you know, if everything's working perfectly in your life and in your relationship. That honeymoon phase is six to nine months. Then it's over for the rest of your life. It's just over, you know? Happily ever after is one of the worst lines ever written in mankind because it sets people up for failure. Nobody is happily ever after. Nobody lives life without resistance. Nobody lives life without bad days. Thanks for watching part 18 in this series. A perfect father, loving like God.
God Loves Kids is an international ministry dedicated to helping the neediest children in the world find hope for a new beginning and a better story. If you have anything to say about this video, please leave something in the comment section. We'd love to hear from you. To stand with us in any of our ongoing ministries in Nepal, Nagaland, Utila, or Uganda, please give us a call at 972-771-8886 or text God Loves Kids, all one word, to 77977 to donate. You can also help us by liking and subscribing to these videos on our YouTube channel, GLKTV. Stay tuned next week for part 19 in the Perfect Father series. Until then, this is Randy Capes for God Loves Kids, reminding you to love everyone you can. Amen.